Hello, and welcome to The Block Explorer. I'm Colin Brightfield. Hey folks, I'm Cash Upton. The Block Explorer is here to educate and inspire you about the world of crypto and NFTs. We'll do deep dives into critical concepts for understanding what's happening and discuss the current events shaping the space. We're making this podcast for the curious, the free thinkers, and the change makers that propel us forwards. As we embark on adventures, remember that none of this is financial advice and crypto can be risky. In this episode, we give you an update on the Solana NFT ecosystem, the launch of the Loot NFTs, and what it means for the future of NFTs in general. And then we check in on what the next season holds as we look into autumn and the future of NFTs in this year. Well, we may be moving into the fall, but I think it's only a rise for NFTs. Yeah, exactly. There's a ton of momentum in the in the pipeline right now, Cash. Solana especially. So we want to start off with that because that one has been pumping lately. A lot of new drops on Solana. Yeah. Do you think uh, Solana is the next wave for NFTs? With the low gas fees of like less than a cent, I would say, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it's hard to beat. 0.01 soul right that's most transactions and so right on ethereum gas is pretty high right now because of all the success of the nfts it's almost a victim of their own success and DeFi, but definitely nft mania is driving up a lot of that gas congestion yeah and so for our listeners that don't know when you run transactions on the ethereum network you have to pay a transaction fee which is known as gas and it's nominated in what they call GUI. And maybe a couple months ago, these transactions would average, depending on when you did it, right? This, if this, if the, it's kind of like Uber, right? If there's a, a lot of demand for block space on the blockchain on Ethereum, then the prices are higher. And if there's less demand, then the prices are cheaper. So maybe a month, you know, six months ago, they they averaged like twenty, forty, sixty dollars. You know, you can kind of wait a little while and maybe get a cheaper rate. But because of all the NFTs that are being bought and sold on Ethereum, the gas prices have been soaring and it's it's kind of making some of the transactions really painful to do. I know Cash, you had a, a couple, you have, you have what we call uh, dust actually. In, dust, is in that crypto what it's speak. called? Yeah, it's, it's, you don't, it's, it's the amount of assets you have in a certain uh, protocol or a certain space are less than the amount that would mean that you would need to transact to get them out. Right, right. So you would have to pay more in gas to move a certain asset than the asset's worth. So it's better just to like leave it there. <laughs> that's that's yeah. called dust. Yeah, on the Aave protocol, there's a little bit sitting around that just doesn't need to be taken out because there's a few hundred dollars in gas fees. But that's going to be changed with the layer two roll-ups that are going to be happening more and more. So a lot of transactions can be rolled up into one and then you split that cost amongst hundreds or you know, a thousand people and reduce it significantly. So uh, I expect to see layer two uh, NFTs happening a lot more. Yeah, I'm, I think, you know, any NFTs are, are a fun use case. But I think, you know, where it comes to NFTs also is that you're you're onboarding a lot of people, you know, that are coming into crypto maybe for the first time and they want a smooth user experience. They want a smooth UX and they don't, they're not going to pay 50, 60, a hundred dollars in gas fees to mint an NFT. That's maybe only $160. Like they may, they may not do that. Yeah. I just uh, minted an NFT on Solana today, actually. Yeah. So yeah, there's, you know, and Solana is another layer one. It's not a, it's not a layer two, but you know, yeah. So yeah, getting us back to our Solana talk. Yeah. Uh, 
minted my first generative art on Solana. Yeah, uh, your first generative art. And, you know, what was your minting fee? I mean, minting gas. What did you like, pay for in gas in Sol- on Solana? Nilt, so like... 0.01. So, yeah, something so, along those so, lines. So it was like, you know, less than a dollar. Right. Yeah. So way cheap. Way cheaper. And the transaction cleared probably pretty quickly so we got faster throughput on solana right like sixty-five thousand or something transactions per second up there real high yeah and then it's also proof of stake which reduces the energy usage a lot considerably compared to proof of work which is like bitcoin yeah and, and which is also a less um computationally intense validation process for transactions so it's also faster too so it's faster gotcha. there's more throughput and it's cheaper to do too because it's actually like using less computational power to, to do it. So that also brings back the question of the sustainability of NFTs. I keep hearing people talk about the unsustainability of them, which is true. If there's a lot of energy use to do this proof of work to do these NFTs, that can be a valid argument. But we're seeing Solana proof of stake and Ethereum layer two and then the future merge, which is going to make that not very much of an argument anymore right yeah the merge is going to reduce the power consumption by the ethereum network by 99.97 percent is what it's predicted and there's been a a bunch of different um great pieces that people have written about this topic and so yeah there's a big narrative that people latch onto about how blockchains like bitcoin or ethereum are in these networks are big energy sucks and they use a ton of energy and a lot of energy is dirty and maybe there's some validation to some of that argument if especially as you're speaking with you know a proof of work chain like bitcoin and currently how ethereum works but ethereum is going to be updated to proof of stake and that's a way more efficient way of operating and that's what's going to allow them to become way more energy efficient and that's supposed to happen in it looks like january of 2022 so th- th- there's that argument I think can be reduced, and I think there's also really interesting ways to come back at the argument, like maybe offering, you know, carbon offsets, or you know, looking at these other chains like Solana that are a little more efficient with with how they do things. Right, and I just wanted, to, um, I checked my history during that, and it was the fee was actually point zero 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 one sol. So, so we're talking pretty like much free. less than pennies. Yeah, so yeah exactly. Yeah, super low. Yeah, you're not paying much to to get your transactions through on Solana, which is which is when you're coming from Ethereum, where you're used to paying sometimes you know eighty hundred dollars to to get some transactions through when the network's busy. It's 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 a whole other experience. It's kind of like that Google moment, you know, when you first opened up Google. You know, you're used to like Netscape or Yahoo or whatever, AOL, whatever you were using back in the day. And remember that time, the first like Google moment where you just like, it was just like that one search bar and it was just like this clean. So clean. Yeah. Not that I'm saying I love Google or anything. I'm not like necessarily I'm saying support. We're not endorsed by Google. No, but I'm just saying when you go from Ethereum and then you start using stuff on Solana, it is kind of like that, like Apple moment where you're like, everything's just like smooth everything's like fast everything's quick and transactions process they don't get stuck you don't have to, yeah, like, the, you have to like reset your wallet like like metamask does like right doesn't like it doesn't do that die on you and just have a pending transaction a stuck transaction so i think solana is really onboarding this new wave in nfts i think there's a we saw the you know the, the price appreciation of the soul token there's also a lot of adoption 
in Solana worldwide. It's not just happening in the United States, even though it's a U.S. company. Uh, so, you know, we like you mentioned Soul Squiggles, which came out, which are a copy or a rendition. I don't know if they're an exact copy, but they're a rendition of the art blocks Chrome Squiggles. Right. So uh, generative art that makes a new NFT when you mint it based on like your hash transaction and other algorithms put in there by the artist. Yeah. So generative art is a new trend and we're going to talk a little bit more about that. But just in general, you know, mentioning a few of these projects that are happening on Solana that are showing the the strength of it is, you know, we have Abstractica, which is kind of like an art blocks generate generative art project that's happening on Solana. Art blocks is a generative art project that's been taking Ethereum by storm. Right. So there's going to be this whole, you know, migration or duality, or we're going to see kind of some mimicry on Solana, maybe, which I mean, when there's only 10,000 of something available on Ethereum, if there's only 10,000 on Solana, that that's still pretty rare compared to the eight plus billion people in the world. Yeah. I mean, I wonder how it's going to work out, like how these uh, valuations are going to settle because, you know, right now Ethereum is kind of like the big daddy on campus and, you know, everyone, it's kind of the first tier of like, if you, if you're going to have an NFT that's worth thousands like that's the place where you know that's the only blockchain where you have nfts selling for millions of dollars you don't have nfts selling for millions of dollars on any other blockchain right you know they want that security they want that security and they also want i think there's also like a legitimacy you know we talk about that platform itself and just the community the the, the viewership the the, the culture there's 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 a meme that nfts like the most legit NFTs are on Ethereum. It's, it's it's kind of a cultural meme. It's and it's I mean if you look at you know board apes are on Ethereum, CryptoPunks are on Ethereum, you know Art Blocks is on Ethereum. It's not to say that could change. It couldn't change. I'm just saying at this moment, right? Who who knows, right? Where it could go, right? right. I mean, there's a lot of legitimacy. There's a lot of legitimacy right, right now, and that's where you know you see that happening. Not to say that it couldn't change, but what we're seeing is that more legitimacy is being lended to Solana. Solana is gaining legitimacy. And I think the user experience that, you know, a lot of people that have been using Ethereum for NFTs are coming to Solana and just seeing like how easier, how much easier it is and how much more, so much know, easier. how much, you know, compared in gas, they're saving so much more money. So anyway, and then I want to revisit what we were talking about because you're talking about how that such high transaction throughput um, and low gas fees i mean there's so many use cases that then can be brought on to the solana network or any other network with that like layer two ethereum but specifically solana like a few that we've been thinking about right games what else what like what else do you think is because of those big ones oh i mean social media is going to be huge and we already know that ave the automated market maker which so ave is a is means um ghost in swedish and they're they're a DeFi protocol mm-hmm. so what we call like a money robot and they're they're an automated crypto bank and they but they they're decentralized and they it lives on the ethereum blockchain was the first instance and they have two versions on the ethereum blockchain and they also now have a version on they've had a version for a while on polygon yep and they're deploying to solana that's in the works that's and right. then Ave also announced that they're building a decentralized social media platform. So How Ave is now? busy and Ave does ship. They do deliver when they, they say they're going to do something. So I'm really bullish Ave in general. 
and I love what they do. I think they're an amazing uh, protocol. I think they're an amazing um, community. And I'm super excited to see how when they launch social media, I think Solana is a great use case, right? Because we talk about the transactions, we talk about the throughput, we talk about the cheap mm-hmm. fees. So, I mean, you know, social media is a thing that's going to take a lot of transactions, right? Every time you post something, yep. you're not going to pay $50 in gas to post a, a, a what, like a picture on your decentralized social media on an Ethereum blockchain because like who's going to post, right? I mean, right. Only, I mean, like whales will post, but like you and I aren't probably going to spend a few dollars every time we want to post something. So yeah, these you're going to see these other chains that have different strengths and weaknesses and it's almost going to, I feel like you're going to find different use cases that flourish on different chains mm-hmm. based on the strengths and, strengths and weaknesses of that chain. Yep. Yeah, we're going to do deeper dives on other nifties for those use cases. So music specifically, um, audio files, NFTs, playing a music. You know, we have the Audius platform that's already a, a NFT music streaming platform on Solana. You know, so we we have these ones that are already gaining traction. It's something that's talked about happening, kind of uh, esports and betting. Um, yeah, we have Zed's Run. Have yeah, you heard the, of that? Those are the, the horses. The, Those yeah, are on Ethereum. The crypto horse races. Yeah, crypto horse racing. I mean, and it, I, when you think about it, I actually think that's just phenomenal because don't horse, hurt the horses. Yeah, I mean, love it. <laughs> I mean, horse racing gets criticized a lot because of that, right? I mean, it's yeah. it, it can you know, there's a lot of one. I think what was it last last year? The 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 one of the triple count horses that won. One of them was. To do, found to have like drugs in its system right? yeah they were doping them yeah really sad so so I mean, you can't dope a crypto horse because it's on the blockchain <laughs> yeah they'll know if you put some dope up in it they're like hey what was that injection onto the blockchain horse or you can actually have doping be part of the game and like you just pay a certain amount of eth to dope your horse and, then and everyone knows and everyone knows because it's on yeah, the public just, blockchain but you just pay and it's part of the game and part of the fun yeah the but dope it's only, horse has a little but bit it's just a bunch you know of worse code. odds it's just a bunch of code on the on the <laughs> internet it's not actually going to hurt a real horse you know so. right yeah i mean they've already made dog racing illegal in florida but you know we're still horse racing places i mean it, it's i think this is this is this could be the future of horse racing is and and as these metaverses get built out i mean how cool would that be you could go to a virtual horse race no matter where you are in the world you know, right whatever, you know, because and... a lot of people, maybe they're really into this kind of stuff. And it's like, well, I mean, horse races, like you can't really always just go to the Kentucky Derby or it's expensive, but you can go to the virtual Kentucky Derby. Well, there'll be a VR jockey. Why not? With, with goggles and a VR. Why not? That yeah, sounds fun. Yeah, I think so. It I'd sounds, do that. I'd, yeah. I'd ride that. I mean, and I, and I think it just kind of makes sense when you, when you add up the, you know, the, the cost of these, you know, some of these, I mean, they're cool traditions and I'm, I'm not, I mean, I not trying to hate on any of these things but it's just like the future is going to be you know virtual and a lot of these things just because it's just going to be way easier and way more profitable and you're going to have a much bigger audience it's just going to be market effects unfortunately for maybe some of these industries but it's 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 just network effects you know going into star atlas star atlas is an amazing amazing game that my brother keeps talking about and it's a kind of like a world building game but it's featured in space outer space in the universe and you're going to be able to like go from planet to planet and build a whole kind of civilization and like maybe conquer other planets partner with other people but the main cool thing is that it's crypto native nft native right and when when i was looking into it it looked like some of the like the player 
groupings or if you're on a ship or you're making a, some civilization, it'd almost be like a DAO. It looked almost like a DAO structure within the game. Yeah, so it seems like you can kind of make organizations and like teams. I mean, I think like if you looked at like any kind of these role playing games like World of Warcraft or I mean, I, I don't know how many I, I'm not that familiar with some of these games, but I know like a lot of people are really into them. And you acquire different items in the game, different rare items, or you can level up your team. But it looks like you can play with a team here, like a DAO, like you said, decentralized team, a tribe of people, a group of people that you get together with, and you can work and build build like a civilization or build a, a, for, a force together and conquer other things. And you can actually make real money doing it. And I think that's the that's the that's that's the huge unlock that NFTs and crypto now is that you can you can there can be real money at stake and maybe you conquer another another team's like planet or something and you get some of their you get some of their NFTs and you those those have real value in Ethereum or whatever network. Yeah, you'd get their you know NFT from that game. The spoils of war. Yes, the the special. Like imagine in StarCraft. Like I like that was my game that I literally liked. That was kind of like that as far as there was a multiplayer kind of battle net that you could go and play and imagine if like and they had rankings and stuff but like imagine if like yeah like when you conquered like another opponent you know you you got some kind of like you got to like maybe they had like certain items that they have acquired and you get to like pick one of their items that was like in their like wallet that you like you get to like have or maybe it's like yeah like there's all kind of mechanics and gamification you can do with these stuff and what's what the big unlock just the big picture here is just that like nfts are changing gaming because now there's a bridge that just fits like a key and a lock with nfts to bridge the world of money and gameplay in such a perfect way because you can actually authenticate the ownership you can have digital property rights so you can prove if you acquire some like sword or some magical token or some piece of land some mythical land or whatever it is whatever game it is you acquire a rare item in that game you can prove that it's yours you can hold it in your crypto wallet and you can it can it, it's a rare item and if this and the markets for these games are massive right they're on the internet there's millions of people playing these games so there's a lot of demand for some of those rare items so that accrues real value and you can actually turn that into actual money and that's like the the big picture eye-opening thing is that I mean, people with Axie Infinity already. People are yeah. people are making enough money to buy houses. Already happening. Yeah, yeah. there's people becoming millionaires from Axie Infinity. Not just living wages in the Philippines. No, but actual like buying property. Yeah, when we reported on it a month ago, people were making living wages in the Philippines. Yeah. So you tell me, people are buying houses now off yeah. Axie Infinity. Yeah. Yeah. I thought you were gonna breed some. You I thought I was. You know what? I, you I, get I just, that? It's just, you know, my passion is just not in that. And no. I, I just, I didn't want to, I didn't do the, I didn't, I wasn't inspired to do the necessary research, like R&D to be, necessarily be successful at it. So I don't know, maybe that boat has sailed for me. Maybe I'll get back into it. But I, I found some other things that I'm into, you know, and, and uh, one of these things is, is the podcast that we're doing. So maybe yeah. it's taking yeah. up so I'm glad you did it. I'm not saying you should have. I'm just saying you could have bought a house. Uh, but okay, I like this gaming element, and there was this NFT drop that it has a gaming fantasy world building element, but is not actually like a visual NFT in the way that we think about it. And it's called loot. I want you to tell me about it. Loot is what took Ethereum NFT world by storm in the past week, and loot is this new paradigm in NFTs. 
it's where they gave out or not give out but they the, the nft that they created was just like a collection of words that were essentially like items that you might find in one of these like role-playing kind of real life kind of these like real life simulation type games black background white text maybe like eight bullet point type and just times new roman text yeah super simple but that but the text also was um included in the metadata of the nft so it wasn't just the text but it's the the text is is also like authenticated what it says into the actual nft so they're essentially like bags of items rare items that you might find in one of these kind of fantasy games like world of warcraft or zelda or whatever you know final fantasy some of these games so the whole idea though is that there's no game created right there's nothing created it's just literally just like literally just words and everyone's like wait i don't get it the whole idea is that the the users will create the game from the ground up grassroots style with no necessarily plan no central authority no one directing anything and they'll create the lore, they'll create the world, they'll create the characters, they'll create the storyline, they'll create the narrative, they'll create the gameplay, they'll create the the graphics and like the visual representations and how all this fits together. Yeah, the metaverse determines what the NFT looks like. Yeah, it's like kind of like a giant Dungeons and Dungeons and Dragons being created from the ground up and like literally they just handed out like the, the most bare bones pieces of how you could build this game and they're just like, okay, you, everyone just make it and and there's no plans, there's no essential authority. It's kind of really cool when you think about it. Really cool and just really out there, and I love it. It, it really is a, a cool concept to build a community, right? Like, hey, we're all going to do the work. Buy into this. What was the floor price? The other, I think, the it, I think um, they, I mean, I, I don't know what they minted for, but I know that the value shot up really high. I think the last time I checked, it was, it was a few ETH. So we're looking at at least like ten grand for like the cheapest uh, bag of loot NFT, and this is a this yep. is a this is a big paradigm shift. Did you find the floor? I'll find it right now. Um, yeah, it's a big paradigm shift because a lot of the NFT projects that are out now, it's a few creators, a team of creators. Right, usually a couple artists, some developers, some software engineers, maybe someone that knows about finance. And they drop an NFT drop, they create a collection, they create a, or it's, you know, they collaborate together to create an art blocks, whatever it is, or it's just one artist. And then they put out their art and then the community that are collectors or, you know, appreciate the art and maybe buy it. And then they kind of develop a project to, you know, then the community kind of relies on the, the, the team, the founding team to develop the art, to, to develop the community, to, to create the value over time with different airdrops or different community initiatives but it's almost you know a lot of the pressure a lot of the power is still kind of centralized and that like there's a there's a team that's sometimes even anonymous right that's responsible for kind of the how the project turns out whereas this is really unique because it's like the the there is no centralized team everyone's just owning a piece of this project through these loot tokens and then over time as the project gets built out right the hypothesis is that these loot tokens will become really valuable because they'll be they'll represent rare items in this game and then you'll care your character will have them right and and they're really funny you know if you look if you look at what some of them say right the 
the words are you know they're like uh short sword dragon skin belt pendant gold ring plague root crown of skill right so it's yeah like, what's I, a crown of skill i don't know but it reminds me of you almost i mean i played magic cards growing up uh, did you ever play those oh yeah still got mine yeah me too so um, i mean did we just say yeah. that on there okay yeah, good yeah we did it's, we're, we're proud be, we yeah, love magic it's cool anyway it kind of reminds me of that you know okay the, so the here's floor one. is like 6.5 by right eth right now, okay well i'm way. just looking at one where the minimum bid is 99 eth right here and uh, that's the reserve price has not been met because it has um the great helm of perfection a divine slippers faux moon hard leather gloves of brilliance plus one necklace of the twins platinum ring i mean this is so it's yeah, literally uh, just a dark a black titanium background. ring of the twins sorrow bite silk gloves yeah no so you know some of these are kind of out there would be really cool elements in the game but there's still only text on black background but like you're saying it's the whole community building it's it's creating something from the ground up decentralized and allowing this whole thing to spring from it that is unknown this is a new paradigm in how things get created and developed in gaming and it's also something that pretty much you know only could happen in crypto could only happen with blockchain could only happen with ethereum so anytime there's one of these moments where there's this new like aspect of a of an earlier craft that all of a sudden just gets disrupted and like literally just turned on its head because of crypto and nfts and blockchain it, it, it's just so fascinating just because it does take a moment to just pause and be like okay wait exactly what's happening here but it's another instance of intermediaries becoming dissolved which you see this all always happen right the it's, we don't need gaming companies anymore i mean they're cool i'm not trying to hate on them but we don't necessarily need them you can just release these nfts of words and our community of people are so cool and they're so creative and everyone also that has a token has a vested interest and incentive to create a cool experience of the game right so maybe you don't need the gaming company but you need gaming software engineers in the community that own loot mm -hmm. that then can create that digital you know, rendition programming software to then allow the whole community to play. So they would, or there's a bunch of money in the community wallet. So they hire out this gaming firm to then create the game that the community created in their, you know, thesis and, th and everything. Exactly. So there's the, the possibilities. Like, I love how you said that, you know, it could be community within, you know, entirely people who own the tokens that build. But it could be also this collaboration where, you know, maybe there's some people who they hire or contract or maybe it's kind of like a DAO, right, where they have different aspects of the game that are different projects that need to be developed and certain people can drop in and maybe develop a certain aspect and maybe they get rewarded in a certain token. Maybe they get another get another version of a loot token, right? So, I mean, this is this is one of those things where it's, it's, it's completely decentralized. It's, it's, it's kind of a big experiment. And it's what makes being involved in this NFT space so fun because things like this just pop up out of nowhere, take it by storm, and they flip a whole paradigm on its head and help us kind of ask new questions about creativity, new questions about art, new questions about 
um, what it means to be a be a creator and what it means to build something and and, and how and just, just demonstrates how this whole paradigm is changing how we coordinate and and build and align incentives as a community yeah that kind of leads us into another very, more unique use of crypto in the art space of the generative art which we mentioned earlier in the show um, for the chromy squiggle meta two of the soul squiggles um, that I minted today on Solana so uh, disclaimer there but you know a cool piece of art that is unique to the time it was done and the hash of the transaction and then this other algorithm built into it so like what's that mean for the future of the yeah space? what is, what is generative art you know generative art is this amalgamation of code the artist and the minter so there's nothing the art the artist creates an algorithm that rep, that will spit out a visual representation of some kind of art and sometimes it's animated or whatever it is it could be any you know it could be anything and when you interact with that code and actually mint the art click and click mint with you know and sign the transaction with your crypto wallet that's when the piece of art actually gets created there's a interaction with your transaction hash and how that creates this piece of art so it's this nice weird synthesis of code artist and you and it's this only specific kind of art that could be created with blockchain technology and crypto and that's what makes it really unique and i think also why it's becoming super valuable in this whole nft ecosystem because it's a very specific kind of art that is only allowed by this new technology. It's almost like you know when when um, you know f cameras were and photography developed and cameras were you know widely available. Then photography became like a fine art, right? Because it was a new technology, right? There was there was there wasn't this new kind of art. like before cameras. You didn't have photography as a fine art. Now photography Realist is a painting. fine art, right? But I think what we're kind of in this new moment in this new paradigm shift where people are finally accepting digital art as fine art. And I think I can't wait until we can just stop saying like digital art or crypto art or NFT it's art. art. It's just art, right? And I think like the, we're close, you know, and I, I think in my mind it's there, but like, you know, and we I think in in the mainstream it's not there. And it's, it's like this... I can't wait till it's just just art, right? And 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 I th we're getting there with NFTs and like the the price points are, are getting you know they're well, respectable for where what artists should be making. You know when you look at other fine art fields. Yeah, I mean it. They're getting paid like fine artists when a chromy squiggle generative art, really cool. You know, gradation spectrum of color, one of a kind, validated, stamped on the blockchain. Etc. Going for like eleven ETH yeah. plus, yeah, it's a lot crazy. more. So what? Like we can all do the math. That's like forty two thousand dollars, and that's like validating. Well, I couldn't do the math. Thanks for telling me. I couldn't. <laughs> OpenSea did the math, for me. but it it's validating that artist's worth by other people seeing the beauty in it and and also the value in it. Yeah, and I think. One of the reasons we're seeing this kind of value is because there's a market that's open 24-7, seven days a week, 365 days a year to everyone 
in the world who wants to be a part of it. And so, you know, I mean, if you're a normal artist, you know, when you have a gallery show, like a successful show has what, like 200, 300 people that come through, like maybe, you know, maybe you have a website. I don't know what your website traffic is, but, you know, unless you're like super, super at the top of the game, like if you're a new emerging artist, like how do you get some traction and NFTs are a way to get instant audience and also get price discovery you know you can find out what people are willing to pay and and you also because you can get a wider audience you can generally get a higher price for your creation because you just have more people that are you know aware of you and competing for you and there's more demand so i mean it's 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 just a new it's really is a renaissance in the art movement we've never had anything like this before and and what's cool is it's getting i mean I didn't really collect art. I mean, I had a few pieces that I've collected over the years, but I never really collected art per se. But now I'm, I am I collect art. I collect digital art. I collect NFTs. And so do you. And so, like, you know, we have a whole generation of millennials and Generation Z, like Zoomers, getting into collecting art. And this is a whole generation that, you know, was pretty much, like, not probably not that into collecting art. But we found digital art. We found NFTs. And... Now we're we're spending thousands of dollars on JPEGs and we're it's fine and we're into it. <laughs> yeah, crypto wrapped JPEGs. Thank you very much. Crypto wrapped, crypto wrapped makes it protected. <laughs> okay, so what? <laughs> <laughs> so art blocks is uh, what exactly was I wanted to talk about though is that their NFTs, their collections have taken off. They they feature only generative art. So they have a couple sections on their art blocks. If you go to their website, it's artblocks.io. And they're kind of the leaders in that kind of generative art space. They're, they're kind of the, the, the flagship um, people right now. But there's, other, there's a bunch of other people, and I'm sure there's going to be more and more other projects that launch that are similar. I know there's one called Abstractica on Solana that's trying to do something similar. We just talked about Soul Squiggles, and also I know that they're trying to do more generative art I also minted two soul squiggles today, but yes, mine weren't as cool as yours. Well, but uh, I like I got yours. the full like your, rainbow. You got the full you rainbow, know. yeah. yeah we got our pride on this, you know. Yeah, you got. We, I love your pride, pride squiggle. But anyway, with Art Blocks, you know their pieces have skyrocketed. The, if you look at the volume on OpenSea, Art Blocks pieces like the the Fidenzas, those are selling for hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars. And there's a, a bunch of other pieces. It's almost like you can't go wrong. And if you try to mint. Art blocks pieces. If you actually try to participate in some of those mints, it's it's they're Dutch auctions, so they start at five ETH and they go down down by two point five ETH every five minutes, down to like a resting price of two point two five ETH, which right. I never heard of Dutch auctions before until I got nope. into crypto. Learned something new until we got here. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the the, the Dutch just had to take everything and make it different. And, and it's nice because it lets you buy in lesser. Well, well, the more the you know the more committed buyers, the ones who are willing to spend more money, can go in first and spend the five ETH. Right. You know, to get you get what they they want to guarantee the guaranteed like I'm I'm I love this I'm gonna spend the, the even as much as you know five ETH just to make sure that I get one, so it lets the artist kind of uh, benefit from those people that would pay a higher price, but it also kind of gives a chance for people that maybe can't afford that to get it to get maybe get a piece of the action. But I I know that most of those options like most of those Dutch auctions they rarely get down to like 0.25 ETH in the arresting price. Cause if you think about it, it's like f every five minutes it goes down 0.25 ETH. 
and so that that takes almost probably like what almost an hour for it to get that a resting price of 2.25 ETH. So by that time, they're all gone. I know, I know most of the collections are gone by one ETH. And, 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 but then you're paying gas wars too. You're paying gas fights with on art blocks. So, I mean, I know a lot of people that they'll, they'll, the mint, the mint price might be 0.1 ETH, but you're going to pay like 0.5 ETH in gas. Right. So that is another kind of, segue into my my question of like what's the future of nfts in terms of like layer two ethereum like will open c have a layer two marketplace and will it be as valid and secure and as trafficked it as the current layer one i think so i mean i i we're we're kind of at this moment we're in time where we're gonna we're, we're gonna we don't really know but we do have more layer twos launching, like we mentioned, Immutable X, which is a layer two uh, blockchain. So it sits on top of a layer one. So we have layer one blockchains like Ethereum or Solana or uh, Cardano, you know, these other one, layer ones and or Polkadot. And then we have layer twos that sit on top of them that that fit on top of them like a foundation sits underneath, you know, of a building. So we have arbitrum optimism that are sitting on top of ethereum that just launched or launching and we also have immutable x and we have some other ones so the whole idea is that these layer twos will make prices way cheaper for transactions and increase the throughput because they they can they can roll transactions into one transaction and pretty much just kind of like going from driving on like a country road and having to pay high tolls to going on a freeway and having to pay like way cheap right so that's going to help not have huge fees. When that's going to help. That's going to help. I think we're going to see a migration. I think we're definitely going to see a big migration of people taking their NFTs and a lot of NFT traffic moving to layer twos. I think we're already seeing it like OpenSea added functionality with Polygon recently. And I mean, you can also pay in DAI now and uh, USDC on OpenSea. And, and, and so I think, you know, we're just going to see more and more integration between these different blockchains, whether it's a side chain, whether it's a layer two. And I think over the long term, you know, the average user isn't really going to touch layer one Ethereum that much because the, it's it's going to be like we said before. It's going to kind of be reserved for whales or big transactions over a million dollars, where you really want that like hardcore security, and we're paying maybe a transaction fee of, uh, you know, a hundred to two hundred, three hundred, maybe even four hundred dollars when you're moving that much money or funds or tokens around. It doesn't really, you know, it's a it's a small drop in the bucket compared to you know, you know, the average user who it's like, yeah, they're not going to pay any, you know, three hundred dollars to move eight hundred dollars. Right, and then isn't there also like cross-chain options too? Like, can you even wrap your Ethereum NFT and send it to Solana? I think these are coming out. I know FTX has a solution that they just started. The F, um, FTX.us is owned by Sam Bankman-Fried. He's the he's the guy that wants to slap his uh, logo of F, FTX on everything. Like he got his logo on the um, it's FTX Stadium, I think, in Miami for the Miami Dolphins football stadium. I think. Wow. Yeah, so they're a centralized exchange. Okay, right. Yeah, FTX. And he's a big supporter of Solana. He he um, has close ties to the founders of Solana. So he's he's quick to support what they're doing. So he created it. He launched an NFT minting platform through FTX that is Solana or Ethereum friendly. 
Okay. So you can do either one, I think. And they can kind of I'm, – I'm not positive on how exactly all the nitty-gritty. I was trying to – I was poking around the other day and trying to figure it out, but I, I couldn't exactly figure out, like, how it exactly works. I didn't actually go through and mint one. I think if I just went and did that, but I wouldn't want to want to – I didn't really want to do that at that point. The thing that maybe worries me is that uh, FTX is centralized. Right. Not a DAO. Yeah. So I don't know if I really would want my NFTs, like – I don't know where they're storing, you know, the actual metadata of the NFT, right? So if you mint, uh, this is important, right? Like when you mint NFT, what gets minted and like is this collection of code, right? Is code and then there's art, right? So there's a piece of art. It could be a JPEG. It could be an MP4, which is an animated file. It could be a piece of music, an MP3. It could be a, a 3D art file, you know, whatever file could be a PDF, whatever it is. Um, but when you're you're taking that art file, that digital art file, and then you're wrapping it in code, and that code tokenizes it as an as a as an NFT. And now it, this piece of art has been registered on the blockchain ledger, and now that's what makes it unique. That's what makes it now we can authenticate the history of it now because now it's part of the blockchain we know when it was created we know who created it at least based on their wallet address we know what wallet address created it we'll know now every time it gets sold where it gets sold to what price it was you know just like when you think about like um when you go to get like a if you were buying like a used car and you want to get like I think like the Carfax or whatever, you know, like you want to know like if it's been in any accidents, like how, who are the owners, like all the, you know, so it's like, it's kind of cool. It's kind of cool. Cause you can look, you can look at your, if you're looking at an NFT, you know, you can look and you can see like, Oh, like it sold for this and then it's for this person. And then it sold to this for this person. And like, you, not, you don't know their names, right? You can look at the wallet addresses in an open It's kind of fun too. I like, I'll go on open and I'll look at like, look in their wallets and you just kind of fun to see like what people have. And this is also actually some some a little NFT yeah, tip. Yeah, yeah, is if you want to kind of know what what could be kind of up and coming or like what a good thing to maybe collect is look at some whales wallets. Like some of these whales have you know like thirty thousand, hundred thousand NFTs in their wallets. It's 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 it's, it's mind blowing. But you, you can, can go, drown in that. Yeah, yeah, I and mean, like some of these people have they have like. 50 board apes are you kidding like 50 board apes they have like several you know like 10 crypto punks it's like ridiculous but you can just see what not not to say that you should buy one of those but i'm saying you can go see like what what they are buying and you can kind of see oh maybe that's, and then you can go look at the collection it's just a it's a good bit. tip yeah it's a good tip you mentioned the apes yeah the What's apes new in their community they dropped the mutant apes so the mutant apes i think you had to mint them they were three eth but they're derivatives of the board apes and they're all these like they're really cool actually they're all kind of like these like if space aliens and monsters just like took over the board apes and they just like they have like all these cool features and they're just they're they're really whacked out but i i think they're kind of cool and they they're kind of uh changing the the dynamic with the board apes i know that the uh they they've kind of exploded in price as well and the board apes floor actually i think people were saying oh wish the board apes floor fell because of the mutant names but i think it's just like you know there was just 
a lot of options for people to spread their ETH. And I think More some people maybe, yeah, I think some people yeah. are trying to maybe cash in. And there, I know there was last weekend that people are saying that, that there was kind of like a little NFT like uh, crash that happened. And some people were really like selling their NFTs for some really bad losses. Like there was like some like, there's some Twitter accounts that like follow, <laughs> they're like these bots that people made. It's kind of funny. They show like, like really, if they, someone like the last price that it was bought for and if what the selling price was, and if it's like a negative like four thousand percent gain or some or you know negative four thousand percent loss or whatever, like they like it just like automatically posts oh to this God. Twitter feed and I they were just it. showing like they were just showing massive losses. Like people were just like, I guess people needed liquidity because there was like a little mini correction that happened in the market. So I think a lot of people were just like exiting NFTs as much as quickly as possible in cer- certain positions, and they were just getting destroyed. So. I don't know if that was the reason or not, but anyway, it's just cool to see derivatives. Any 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 derivatives are cool with NFT projects, and, and I think that's what makes projects interesting is that if you get into a good project with a, with a solid leadership, solid community, you know they'll keep creating, but you know, and maybe airdrop you new NFTs or you know, create more value. But this is the opposite side of the spectrum with loot, right? Where it's like, oh, it's like it's on you, right, to make the value. Next uh, up and coming newsworthy NFT is the Red Lion Gazette is having their one year anniversary. But can you tell our folks what the Red Lion Gazette is? Yeah, the Red Lion Gazette is an NFT journal that tracks, it's kind of like a gossip mag that just tracks the news in the NFT world. And they sell the cover art as an NFT. They mint 200 on Sunday night. And then whatever is not sold on Saturday, they burn. And then also, if you have a piece, if you own the NFT, of the magazine cover during the first drop midweek you get a uh nft drop as well from a featured artist that's in the in the journal right yeah they have an artist that they feature each week and then you get a free airdrop straight to your wallet you don't have to do anything they just send it straight to your wallet address and you get another second nft yeah, so it's a really cool concept, and I just like that it's an innovative use case with NFTs. You know, the the profile picture thing has been going strong, and I'm not sure how much like the trend will still continue. I mean, I think as more people get onboarded into NFTs, and really, I think you know the social media aspect when that really decentralized social media when that really takes off, I think you know the profile picture trend is is going to continue. I, I don't think it's I don't think it's done, and I don't think it's going away. We all kind of want to you know show our identities. And it's also, you might want to have multiple ones, right? Maybe like, you know, I think it's going to be kind of one of those things where you rotate your profile pics with different NFTs or depending on the season, depending on your mood, you know, and then it's also like, you know, it's like your clothes, like you change your clothes, you know, you can change your pick as you upgrade, as you get a new one, you might want to show that off. So I think that's going to stay. But I think that, you know, the future of these NFTs is, is these new use cases, right? So there's this, 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 the journal is just one unique case that I think is uh, really interesting, and I'm looking forward to exploring that with you. There's another kind of use case seen again uh, with like some in real life physical galleries of NFTs, and this is through our um, this uh, Vincent Van Doe. Gotta love the pun, but they launched an NFT capital group and they plan to raise over a hundred million dollars. Yeah, well, you, can you tell me about uh, this? Three hours, three hours capital. I know they're a big uh, crypto fund. I know they're uh, 
they have some heavy hitters in the crypto world and they've been typically in DeFi, but it's interesting to see them get in the NFT world. Right. And I think they're, they're seeing the shift to the NFT. They're, um, they're smart. They're, they're, they're seeing it and they're, they're really they're, smart. They're waiting. I mean, in. I... <laughs> it, 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 it'd be silly not to, but yeah, they're going to be essentially what, um, collecting NFTs as a blue chip, you know, kind of right. like established, you know, like, like it's, it's funny to talk about this because like a lot of these NFT collections are so new, but there are kind of what I would say, quote unquote, blue chip NFTs, or I would just say re- like projects with a reputation that have been established at this point. Right. And that's kind of like what they're going in for. You know, they're going in for like these high value NFTs, the crypto punks, the board apes, the, I don't know what other pro, you know, project art blocks, I'm sure. You know, you know these these projects that have showed that they have real staying power as investments. That they're that they've they've been kind of they've almost been baptized into the world of um like legitimate legitimacy, right? You know, because of the strong memes. I mean, right? Jay Z's got a profile of a crypto punk. Visa bought a crypto punk. Uh, so you know, oh, the chain smokers have a have a board ape as their profile picture on Twitter now. I haven't so. listened to their music in a while. Yeah, I mean, I'm not necessarily I'm supporting chain smokers, but I'm saying like I'm supporting the the, the board apes and having the, the success of like you know major as, artists as the, on there. Yeah, you know, yeah. you you know, yeah. you, you know, you've arrived as an NFT project when like you have like artists like that putting their profile pic as you know. So, so yeah, going back to the Vincent Van Doe, the AKA Starry Night Capitals, what they're um, seeing great right name now. by the way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Uh, But what also caught my eye is they plan to launch an NFT educational porter (coughs) portal uh, and explore the ways to bring uh, more exposure to up and coming artists. Yeah. So I think they're kind of taking a a similar uh, route that Bright Moments took with uh, the Crypto Venetians. And they're smart and they're smart. You know, they're they're doing a great job of following you know this new model where it's 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 just it's this blend of creativity and education and that's kind of what we're trying to do is where we're trying to educate people and the best way to educate people is actually to to do it right so you you mint you, you go through the minting processes give them an nft i found that with like a lot of my friends and a lot of my crypto skeptical people is the fastest way to be get someone to be a crypto supporter is to send them some crypto give them some crypto or send them an nft and by the way, I, I gifted uh, an NFT to one of my friends recently to Cash right here. Yes, and it, it was such a fun experience just being like, hey, Cash, like check your wallet. And there's an NFT in there. And it's, it's cool. That it's, I think it's, you know, it's going to be the future. It's like, we're, gonna, you know, some NFTs are expensive on Ethereum to, you know, to send stuff and stuff. Well, but, and you're super sweet because you gave me a Red Line Gazette in the Nicklin of Time that got me an airdrop of the artist Food Masku that they're. Yeah, there, Food Mask, by the way, let's just talk about him just real just real quick because like, I, I, I really support him. I think his art's amazing. Food Mask is this artist that makes masks out of food, like really nice kind of cool artistry mask. But also, you know, we are in COVID. We are in a pandemic. So there's obviously there's some, you know, social commentary there. There's a, there's a reference. There's, you know, it's art. And then he eats them too, by I the way. I love that he eats it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he doesn't waste them. Yeah, no. So good. But you have to look, go on Instagram, food masku, F-O-O-D-M-A-S-K-U. And he's got a great, great following. His art is going to blow up. He's been featured in the New York Times. He's, his art's amazing. And, and yeah. he's got a YouTube Yeah, a deep he, dive on his site is so cool. Yeah. And actually don't do it when you, I mean, 
just be careful if you do it when you're hungry, right? Because <laughs> because you might get hungry. Because he he gets real creative too. I mean, like the latest, the one that he did was like with bagels and stuff like that. But I I love it. I think it's yeah. great. Yeah. So, but anyway, yeah, the Red Lion Gazette is amazing because they take their feature their featured artist. They feature an artist each week in their magazine, their Gazette, and then that artist creates a piece of art unique for that magazine, and then everyone who bought that issue in that opening week of the magazine gets gets that art drop gets that nft drop to their wallet and that's just a great it's a great thing it's 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 cool you're you're, you're participating in the culture you're participating in, in the scene and you get to get two nfts for the price of one so everyone loves that and their anniversary episode is this week issue is yeah this yeah they have uh their one year coming up 52 weeks though we just had a 51 this past week so that's what happens after 51 is 52 that's a year that so i'm expecting year. big things i'm expecting something cool i hope i, I hope i mean yeah, I'm, get, I'm, your, get yours on sunday yeah yeah so you now they, they changed the format too they used to mint them for you and then you just bought them on OpenSea, and now you have to actually go to um, mint them yourself and i think you can mint um five at a time so I'm going to mint five, I think. I'm going to stack some ETH um, over the next couple of days and just be ready to uh, pick up five. Because the one year, I mean, if you look at if you look at where the trend, I mean, even just looking at, you know, the older ones, they all kind of, they tend to go up. And I'm kind of a history buff in general. So I love, like, I think it's kind of cool. It's like collecting, like, it's almost like collecting, like, newspapers or the cover of Time Magazine or Life Magazine. But like, for the crypto major, space. Yeah, like when yeah. major events happen, you know, like, I know my mom like would save like and it, you know actually um, my heart goes out you know September 11th is come you know coming out the 20 year anniversary but I remember like that's like the you, people saved the newspapers from that you know oh yeah like, throughout story, time or like yeah, you know the like big events yeah yeah so that's what like the Red Lion Gazette is kind of like you're like it's capturing these moments in like NFT world yep and I think when you look back when we look back on this in the summer of 2021 when NFTs just like exploded when and change and sorry and you know 10 years from now when everyone is just rocking nfts and the nfts are everywhere and they're just kind of integrated into our life just kind of how like social media is now you know like we don't even think twice about the social media that we use now no like, but, but but facebook but, nowadays but, but 15 be, year, 15 no. years ago when you started like when you started like using facebook everyone kind of looked at you weird right and i think crypto is exactly at that point where it's like it's like people know some of it they a lot of people have heard of it a lot of people, they're kind of interested, but they're like, oh, it just goes over my head or I'm not smart enough to learn about that. And they kind of like self-select them out. But I'm like, you know, this is like, it's going to creep in. The printing press, when it was invented in Europe, only 3% of the continent of Europe knew how to read. Right. It became a new language for people to know. Yeah, no one knew how to read because they didn't have to because this was nothing printed. So yeah, like, you were you know a priest, or and like only only yeah. if you were, and also like yeah, access to education was also a big part, of course. Yeah, but now it's like we're that's why we're creating this podcast. We want to educate people. We want to teach you how to read crypto. We want to teach you how to understand and speak this language of crypto and NFTs, so that when this happens, because it's going to happen, whether you like it or not, it's happening. Technology is happening. We we really want you to be able to not only be be literate. But also like be skilled in the field, so and that informed, so, and yeah. informed, so you yeah. can make good decisions, and so you can benefit. So you can benefit from this change because because ultimately this change is happening. And you're if you're listening to this podcast right now, you're you're pretty early, and you you can you know you can take advantage of these changes and and 
in not in a way that's like self-serving, but in a way that helps everyone around you. Right. right. It can, that's why I love this uh, paradigm is that it can be win, win, win. You know, it's not just like, like it's not this pot, this idea that there's a limited share of the pie. Well, especially the NFT allowing artists themselves to continue to make profit and to continue to reap the benefits of their beautiful art and, and not be, you know, at the whim of galleries or, you know, dealers or agents, but the artists themselves with these decentralized platforms and smart contracts are getting residual income for every time the NFT sells. Yeah, exactly. So the smart contracts can be built in. And a lot of times those royalties, you know, they're not necessarily guaranteed if you look in like traditional art space, right? Like the, this lawyers involved contracts and maybe there's this kind of some, some of those royalties get accrued, but maybe not. But ultimately this is, this is, you know, a chance for, for us to create situations where we're expanding the pie because what NFTs and crypto does is it unlocks hidden value. Right, there's already value in discovering a new artist and sharing their music, but right now, if you do that work, you don't get to benefit financially from it. Like if you discover a new artist and you're early and you're young, I mean early to the scene, and you discover this artist and you share with all your friends, and then the later, right, you know, there's always kind of like this point of pride where you're like, oh yeah, like I knew this artist back in the day, and like you know, like I I I saw them, like you always kind of like like it's like a humble brag type of deal. Yeah, everyone, you know, like everyone in the music is yeah. like, I saw them when they were playing yeah. in the back of a yeah, frat for five dollars you know? or for yeah. free. Yeah, exactly. So now you can make money off of that because you could you could the artist could with NFTs can fractionalize the master track of the song. So you can invest in a song, you can buy a couple tokens that represent a portion of that song, and then when that song blows up, every time that song gets played on a streaming service or gets streamed on YouTube or whatever it is, you get a little bit of royalties because you yeah. you invested with the artist, right? You're, you're talking about uh, Royal.io, right? That's exactly what I'm talking about, Royal.io. Yeah, so this is a platform that allows music owners, content creators, artists, musicians to be able to sell a share of their work to then um, get an uh, investment, some seed money that would normally be given from like a label, right? So instead it's the community that is supporting them that lets them then you know, gain from that exposure. So every time it streams on some platform, the holders of that token would then see a slight monetary compensation. Right, like imagine if you could own a piece of a Beatles song. Like even 0.001. Yeah, like even just like so the smallest amount, like one millionth of a Beatles song, you know, of like let me hold your hand or like whatever. Like if you owned a piece of all you need is love, you just a piece of that, right? How many plays? It has like a billion plays on Spotify. So like even then, like even if you only made like tenth of a cent, you know, from a play, because you only own so much, you'd still be making like a couple thousand dollars. <laughs> like, and that's just from Spotify or whatever, right? Imagine like the music that's used in movies or it's commercials yeah. or, you know, played in stores or restaurants or whatever. And because it's on the blockchain, if it's like the, if the music is an NFT, right? If you actually make the song an NFT, there's no way that it could ever be played without you knowing it. Yeah. It would be recorded on the blockchain. So you can right. never just, just like... You, you couldn't just cheat the system if the song is an NFT 
on the blockchain there's no way to like escape that 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 uh network yeah. returning to the value for artists the artists themselves you know instead of getting you know taken advantage of which happens a lot of times by labels the artists themselves can can decide what portion they remain theirs and what portion they sell out to fans and then they're in control and they they don't have to be beholden to big labels which have taken a lot of advantage over the years yeah and what's cool is it changes the the stance of supporters or even what we would might call even fans from fans or supporters into actual investors in the artist that if you find a new artist that you like, you're literally can invest in them and can be like, yeah, I, I talk about you can invest. Team. In, you can invest in your tastes. You can be like, hey, like I like this artist. I think my tastes are good. I think they're gonna be dope. I think they're gonna be selling out festivals in a couple of years. I know they're, you know, you could see them in like a tiny little place for five dollars, right? Or just see them at a festival and there's maybe only a hundred people at the stage, side stage, and you're like, you know what? They're going to be playing headline Coachella in five years for sure. They have a cool sound. They're unique. I feel their vibes. And you could literally go buy some of their songs. Not maybe the whole song, but you could literally buy like 10% of a song because maybe if they're really new, right? And then like maybe part of their song, maybe you can score, right? Maybe the songs are really cheap. You can own a part of that song. And if that song becomes a number one hit, like you get to share in that with them. Well, and then you also have a reason to promote them even more and, yeah. and share them and yeah. get the get their music out there yeah right them. and now you're invested right now you're sharing their music yeah. with everyone all your friends you're bringing which all your friends we've already to all been doing which is what we already everyone do. does that this is what we already already do yeah. so it's like getting paid to do what you would yeah. already do that's why i think it's so cool it's like we already this is kind of how music already functions when you think about it this is kind of how it works yeah you share what you love you, yeah hey, and that's I, kind of I, how this really gain. resonates yeah listen to it yeah and and this is how a lot of artists you know become you know culturally relevant is that they constantly are shared by people and over time they build they build a reputation they build a following so this is already happening so it's not just like when we come back to my bigger point is that we're not just like taking money from somewhere else right it's not like taking money from the record companies and like they're they're bad and we're just gonna put them out of business i mean and like yes it's gonna disrupt some of the business models for sure but i'm not hating on record companies record companies do it there's a lot of like artists that you know really need record companies and there's a function they play and they do a lot of great things and support artists and it's awesome and it's it's fantastic but what i'm saying is that now there's another way that value is being created the value there's value in in supporters finding a new artist and sharing it and now that value can actually be monetized as NFTs and in crypto and tokens. And you can actually extract that value because of the blockchain. And that's what this technology is doing. It's not stealing value from some other place and bringing it into crypto. It's a tool that lets you unlock hidden value in social context because of the way the system works and because of the internet and the blockchain that we never could before. I really like the way you put that. Yeah. So it's just expanding the pie. It's just expanding yeah. the sphere of It's not of taking wealth. the slice from someone else. You're adding to You're it. adding value. And that's what double entry bookkeeping did in the Renaissance. It's like, oh, there was already a lot of value if you owned a big sculpture of, of from a famous artist or you owned a, a big thing of gold statue. You couldn't just take that value you could that value was locked up. But double entry bookkeeping was like, oh, you could take that sculpture, use it as collateral and get 
cash, get gold coins or whatever, and then go use that for liquidity in your in your business or whatever you need. And that's created loans, right? Double entry bookkeeping created modern accounting, which you could loan, and that created small business and merchants and created a middle class. And then we got rid of the feudal system. So like this is what's happening. We're gonna have a major redistribution of wealth because now there's a major value unlock. You have all these and we've been building this culture on the internet, you know, right. and, and like the millennials who building this culture media. and social media and, and, and Generation Z. And we've been building a new kind of culture where it is kind of like taste make driven, right? It's influencer driven, right? It is kind of like taste makers. And, but your influencer status and everything still has to be funneled through the fiat world and through the centralized world. Like you're an influencer on YouTube. You're an influencer on Instagram. You're an influencer on Pinterest. But you're not just an. But you don't really own your influence because it has to be through a centralized platform, and they can just cut you off anytime. So now, with decentralized world, is you can be an influencer, and you can actually get paid directly just for your influence, right? Because influencers all have to pay, like they all have to like shill products, right? Like I'm an influencer, but then they're always like talking about like some if they're girls, it's often like a beauty product or like or it's like a nutrition product, or if it's a dude, it's always like you know, some other like grooming thing or some kind of clothes or like car thing or sports thing, whatever it is. But it's always like, oh, this is how I look cool. Or this is what it's like. It's still just like, you're still just kind of, it's like a celebrity endorsement business model of like, oh, look at me on my, on my Instagram. I have a million followers and I'm selling this item. Right. Whatever. But instead you literally can just be you and just get paid for being you and your tastes without having to sell products right because you could be an er- you could be an early supporter of that product and then just through your lifestyle you're yeah. using it and from an organic way or in an organic it. way yeah. you can just you can literally and we're, we're going to get to the point also where it's uh you get uh paid for attention right so we're going to tokenize attention so not even just like if someone um buys the something that you're that you use or whatever something yeah like it's just like you 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 garnered some attention and that has value in and of itself and we can tokenize that right so yeah i really like the unlocking of value and and, you know not just social media but like all other forms of this value that is culture as an investment yeah culture Culture. as an investment is i think that's the that's the meme that's to grok that's to really understand is that we're moving into a world where you can literally benefit from your taste in a monetary way and not just like a minuscule amount like a like this can you can literally like we always talk about taste makers but you can literally with crypto and nfts like that can be a full career you're just a taste maker and we're all we already all are actually we're always choosing we're always we're all taste makers and so we all get to participate we're all participating culture so don't really it's not even like oh i'm going to change my career and become a taste maker it's like you are a taste maker every choice you make you're ta- making you're choosing how you want to show up in the world and like the, how you're identifying with society and how you're interacting with the world around you so you're always voting in that way anyway so it's just now there's going to be a direct uh correlation between like you know, I think it's it it's it's really cool because your your creative choices now and your stylistic choices now can have this almost intrin the have an intrinsic value. Well, they always did, but now it's like actually represented in in real life. And you can actually well, that value you, wasn't always going to you. Yeah. Oh, exactly. 
right? You're representing a brand or you're representing, a, you know, a team or whatever. But that value is not... It's yeah, to, when you it's wear not, that Billabong shirt, you're not getting any revenue from Billabong. Yeah, exactly. But with, with a DAO or whatever, you know, with the way these new organizations work, it's like you literally are the one building the community and reaping the rewards at the same time. So that's, so, so that's like fractional music ownership. Yeah. Um, there was some fractional art ownership news happening. Yeah. The fractional news ownership is really interesting because we have the original Doge coin dog. So if you don't know... And we won't go too deep into Yeah, it, but if you like, don't know about Dogecoin, you know, it's it's where have you been? First of all, if you don't know it's about It's a Doge. fork of Bitcoin. Yeah, it's a fork of Bitcoin, you know, and some people call it a shit coin and some people call it a meme coin. Either way, there's actually a real dog that it's based off of. And that dog is in Japan and has a real owner and there's a real picture that that dog character is based off of. And anyway, there's a DAO that invests in culture as an investment. They Pleaser buy DAO. Pleaser DAO. And what do they do? They buy the blue chips, buy pieces of NFT history. And because there's a DAO, multiple people participating in this, they can buy some pretty, you know, hefty pieces of art that are usually maybe out of reach for a single person to buy. Yeah, exactly. So it's a collective of art collectors that buy high end NFTs. And so they fractionalized this Doge dog picture and made it an nft that you could own tokens of and it's it's you know it's it's on there and you can you can buy pieces of it it's kind of cool yeah i love it and let's just do a little quick educational for our listeners when you're fractionalizing the nft or taking it from the nft token to the nrc20 token right can you just tell us a little bit about that yeah so there's two tokens that are dominant on ethereum you have an erc20 token which is kind of the interchangeable token that most DeFi tokens most uh, when you think of a uh, crypto token that's pretty much on on ethereum that's what it is usually an erc 20 and there's also an erc 721 that's an nft that's a that's a non-fungible token one of one a one of one versus like something that's interchangeable and when you have uh, an erc 721 or an nft token you can take it and you can fractionalize it and split it into well, you deposit into a vault and then it kind of like locks it up and then it splits it up into however many smaller ERC-20 tokens. So fungible tokens. So you can trade them. So it's just like we have fractional art in the real world. Tra- already traditional exists. World. It already yep. exists. But it's all done through lawyers and contracts and it's 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 clunky and it's it's hard and it, it's not smooth. And then when you bring it, you know, to the blockchain world, you can take a piece of art that's an NFT, you can fractionalize it with software, smart contracts, and you can make a whole market for that NFT and get liquidity out of it. So so say you have an expensive CryptoPunk, it's worth $500,000, and you want to extract some value from that, but you don't want to sell your CryptoPunk. You don't want to sell it because it's worth 500k, and you think it's still going to go up. You think, you know, Visa just bought a, a CryptoPunk for 150k, so why sell? But that's 500k sitting there, and you want to you, you know do some stuff with that with that value, so you can take your CryptoPunk, deposit it into a fractional art NFT platform like Fractional Dot Art that we were just using, and then that piece of art that NFT gets locked in. Yeah, and then you get to sell these parameters. Okay, whatever. These are the parameters. I'm gonna split it into 
10 million tokens. I'm going to keep 6 million. I'm going to sell 4 million tokens of that represent ownership in that crypto punk. And now I can get all this liquidity from those token sales. People can trade those tokens. And now I can extract some value from that NFT and get some liquidity. Really cool. I love it. Yeah. And we're going to be seeing more of this fractional art popping up a lot, I think. This is a trend for sure. And I think, you know, as well, for two, two things are going to support this trend. One, the appreciation of NFTs. So as NFTs become more valuable, people aren't just going to want to sit on that value. They're going to want to do stuff with that value. So you're just going to see more instances of people wanting to extract value from these NFTs in any way they can without actually having to sell them. And then also, I think, you know, the proliferation of more in real life NFT experiences is also just going to add to the the lore and the uh, legacy of NFTs and really cement them as assets that people take seriously for collateral. Yep. The the in real life events, you know, we saw Starry Night Capital say they want one by the end of the year, quote unquote, but we know there's actually another one popping up because we, we have the Crypto Venetians, the, the, you know, in real life Venice Gallery that you, you brought me to, which was a super fun event that we talked about on the earlier Nifty. Um, but now we got the Crypto New Yorkers. The Crypto New Yorkers are so cool. So they're the next evolution of the Bright Moments Gallery. And they had the crypto Venetians, like you said, in Venice. And now they're moving on to do another project, 100 days of minting 10 crypto New Yorkers per day. So those are also generative art. So we go back to that. And I think it's also sponsored by Artblocks. And they're going to have a cool scene. I saw a couple renditions. It looks like they have four seasons and in the backgrounds like spring mm. summer fall oh, winter yeah. nice and they kind of have like a cool like background where there's like a central park kind of look background with like but then there's like skyline in the and then it looks like like um a subway entrance kind of in the art so the art's really cool i think they're going to be amazing the way that you get one of these crypto new yorker appointments is is uh still to be determined as far as like if you're a local new yorker but they are selling uh, what they call golden tokens for crypto New Yorkers, and they're on OpenSea. And one of those tokens, if you buy one of those NFTs, it, it gives you the option to mint a crypto New Yorker. But this is an in real life minting experience. So you have to go to the gallery. They rented a really cool space. It's in Soho. Can't wait to go there. And you have to be there at a certain day, a certain time, and you have to have enough ETH in your wallet to pay the gas fees. And you, you get your MetaMask and they're going to have a whole experience. It's like a ceremony. I mean, if it's anything like the one they had in Venice, I can't imagine. I'm sure they, you know, they've learned a lot from Venice and they're going to apply those lessons. And it's going to be in New York. I mean, how cool. In the fall. Oh, yeah. In Soho. It's going to yeah, be. I can't wait to go. Gonna and you're, you're going to be in New York, I think, sometime this fall. You said you're going to maybe yeah, stop by. Yeah, my, my brother's birthday in uh, November. I'm flying out with my lady and we're going to be... Uh definitely trying to make sure that we can participate in this community and 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 i want to mint one for my brother for his yeah birthday. yeah get, that's get so him there sweet. for his birthday how cool the, would that be yeah yeah well crypto you know crypto new yorkers i think is 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 this in real life experience you know it's happening in manhattan it's happening in the fall uh people are you know going to be looking to do more indoor type things you know summer's kind of winding down so i i have a feeling that this 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 next step in the project for bright moments DAO and for this this these in real life minting experiences is going to put it on the map. It's really going to explode. I think we're going to have celebrities 
um, getting it, you know, trying to get these appointments. I think you're going to have big Wall Street people getting involved. I think it's going to be really fun to watch. And I think that it's going to push what's possible and, you know, really like cement NFTs, you know, because New York is a big center of the art world. So I think it's going to, oh, yeah. it's, it's, it's going to punctuate, you know, as we come to the end of this year of like, yeah, you know, as we, I think it's, it's, I think it's only fitting that New York gets a premiere in real life NFT minting experience as we close out 2021, the year of NFTs. Oh, and yeah. it happens in New York. I mean, it'd almost be fitting if it was like they, 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 they did the last crypto New Yorker like on New Year's under time, under the ball in Times Square. You know, how oh, cool so good. Be? Yeah. So good. Yeah. I mean, that's how I kind of want to finish it out for this episode because you're going to ask what I'm excited for and I'm excited for Crypto New Yorkers. You are? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Me too. Me too. I'm excited for them too. And they're actually taking a snapshot of wallets, um, which means they take a they, they just see which wallets, which which Ethereum wallets are holding a Crypto Venetian um, on September 10th. So that's on Friday in two days if you're listening to this episode today. And whoever's owning a Crypto Venetian, they're going to drop 100 crypto new yorker golden tokens to those wallets so it's all random so we'll see maybe maybe i might be lucky but that's what i'm excited for i'm, I'm got my fingers crossed yes that's a good 25 20 chance i like it i'll take it yeah i'll take it i mean i'm, I'm know, excited for you yeah i like yeah. it okay cool well that's it for now we hope you enjoyed this episode of getting nifty with us thank you for exploring the world of blockchain with us Crypto is changing the world, NFTs are changing the world, and we're here to ensure you're ready, informed, and educated. So please subscribe, share this podcast with your friends and enemies, and leave us a review. We love your reviews. Please give us your feedback. You can send us a note. You can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And the more that you do that, it supports us because those reviews help us get more and more people to listen. So we appreciate that and all the sharing you can do. And cheers. We'll see you on the next episode.